everybody doing? Candace, you're back. Welcome home. So good to see your face. Um, okay, about the children's equipping. Can we just have a straight up conversation here about this? You folks know we are not gateway, okay? We do not have hundreds of thousands of dollars to pour into the back area with the kids. Not that we won't be. We're going to do, we're going to have that. However, right now, we're a small community and a small family. And everybody gets the privilege of pouring into our children. These are tomorrow's prophets. They're actually today's prophets. If I had a dime for every time my son propped me up accurately, I mean, I, I feel so blessed that I have this, that God's given me Samuel, um, who, by the way, lives in, in the temple, um, is growing up in the temple, but he accurately prophesies, and, and so it's such a privilege to go back there and to raise these kids up. It, it really does take a whole community. So, amen? Um, okay, uh, how many of you like my new dress? Yeah. woo Okay, John bought this for me. Isn't this great? He just found out about that this morning. <laughs> He's like, when did I get you that? Well, last month. Anyway, so I'm very happy about it because it has pockets. It's great when you've got a dress that has pockets. Ladies, come on. It's where you put your lipstick and everything else. So it really works out well. Oh, a little fashion advice. What? Is it, is it messed up? Okay. Okay, it's stuck in my hair. I'm going to fix this, but while I do that, um, can I get Joy and Crystal and May to come on up? Oh, it's just going this way. Okay. I got it. I got it. No, it's good. It's good. Thank you, sweetie. Of course, now it's like <laughs> brushing my teeth. <laughs> um, equipment. It's so fun. <laughs> okay. Wait, where's May? Room. Probably in the green room. All right, we'll just do it like this. Okay, so um, I have to tell you all, on Wednesday, um, we went out and had um, a really good time, just the girls, and we had a supernatural um, Wednesday morning, and we wanted to share with you and tell you a little bit about what we did because it was really a good time. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's on. So... We went and ran some errands, but we called it Supernatural Wednesday. And so the first place we stopped was at a massage store for Crystal and I because we needed some massage cream. And Tracy got a word for a girl. And I think we were all, the rest of us were kind of like, we want to give you a word, but we don't know about this yet. But then fear broke off, and the next place we went was to the Nordstrom store. And it was like in open heaven because people, these people in the makeup counters were so hungry for Jesus. And, and so uh, we got to prophesy over Stevie. Yeah. Um, while we were getting makeovers. While we were getting makeovers, right? Kind of. She was, she was getting a little bit I of a I was learning how to and, flick on yeah. the, uh, the eyeliner. Yeah. Um, and so we got some prophetic. All the guys are going, what? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prophetic words for him, and then it was like every person from then. And Linda, sweet Linda, was getting a makeover from Stevie, like we were going back and forth. Yeah. And then 
we gave her a prophetic word, and then we asked if she needed healing in her body. And she said, yes, my heel needs healing. And so we prayed for her heel, and she got healed. Yeah. So. Amen. Okay, so while the girls were getting their makeovers, I was just kind of perusing and looking at all the wonderful makeup that I wanted to buy. And I kind of stuck my head around the corner, and this guy from another counter, he's like, hi, how are you? Can I help you? And I was like, oh, I'm just looking. But instantly, I felt this, like, overwhelming kindness and, like, genuineness coming from him. And I just, I didn't really think anything about it at the time. But then as they were getting all of their stuff, I I just felt the Lord, like, just go tell him. And so he was with another customer at the time. So I just kept pacing back and forth and until his, uh, his customer had left. And then so I just went up to him, and I just introduced myself, and, um, and I just told him, like, how I felt that genuine kindness come from him when he just, you know, said hi to me. And, and it was just very genuine. And I just basically prophesied that that's how the Lord created him and that people are drawn to him because of that kindness. And that's, like, his opportunity to like shed light into people's life where they may not have had it before. And so he was he was so taken back that I would, you know, say that to him. He's like, oh my gosh, you you made my day. And and everybody we talked to, that's what they said. Oh my gosh, you made my day. And then later when we were all just standing around, he came back and he gave me a bunch of free makeup. <laughs> Come on. So um, May also went and so did Hosanna. So we kind of, when we were first walking into the makeup department, it was a little intimidating because, first of all, everybody's wearing black, and they all are really cool. You know, they look cool, they're young, they're hip. You've got um, probably, I don't know, maybe 50% of them are um, uh, homosexuals, and so you've got that whole situation going on. So it's a little intimidating when you step in there, and we were like, okay, okay, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. And, um, and, and as we spent time there among the whole group, in, in the, we began to see what Jesus sees. And more than just seeing what he saw, we began to feel his emotions for these people. The tremendous compassion and the love that he had for them. He didn't see that they're still sinners. He just saw who he created them to be. And so we began to tell them those things, we began to tell them who they, who Jesus saw them as. Uh, the guy, Stevie, who's the makeup artist, you know, I just prophesied to him and told him, you're supposed to be in New York. You're supposed to be in an off-Broadway show. You sing and you dance. I also told him you're a creative writer and it's off-Broadway because you're supposed to be writing these productions. And he's just like, oh my God, you have no idea. That, that is exactly what I do. You know, and I mean, he was, and I wasn't there to say, quit being a homosexual. I was there to say, Jesus sees you, and he knows you, and he created you, and he called you by name. And, and, and while we were, we were kind of finishing up, and there was this girl, and she was kind of pacing back and forth, and she, she, was, she did not crack a smile the whole time we were there. She was just real serious, jet black hair black outfit, you know, she had the look, and, um, but I heard her heart, the Lord let me hear her heart, and her heart said, I hope that they pray for me, 
But nothing in her outward appearance said that. Her outward appearance was, you know, it was stay away from me. It said stay back. But her inward heart was crying out. So I walked over to her and I, um, I said, hey, um, I feel like the Lord has a word for you. Is it okay if I, if I share that with you? And she said, yeah. And um, so I, I began to prophesy to her. And part of the prophecy was that she actually had a prophetic gift and she saw people and she goes, oh God, oh God. And she pulls Stevie over and she said, listen to what she's saying about me. She, he knows that this is true about me. And so she was so excited. So we walked into this situation and we were so intimidated and nervous about sharing the gospel and sharing um, the words that the, of life that the Lord um, had for these people. But by the time we left, this is what everybody was doing. We had our little makeup bags, right? And everybody's going, bye, bye. I mean, everyone in the makeup department, bye. Isn't that awesome? Uh, man, that is, and, and, and it, it wasn't, it, this was just, we, what we were doing, turn in your Bibles to Mark 16. 1615, Mark 1615. You know, we've been preaching about this. We've been talking about um, the place of intimacy leading to the place of power. You see, beloved, we have to be a Mary if we're going to give birth to a son. We have to be a Mary if we're going to give birth to a son. We have to understand our place before God because when we went there to talk to these people, do you know what we were giving them? We were giving them our history in God. We were giving them the overflow of oil that we had cultivated within our, our lampstand. And so we just spilled over on them because we, had, we knew our Father's voice. We know who God is. We know his thoughts are for good and not evil. And Jesus said this in verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. By the way, you need to preach the gospel to your animals if they're misbehaving. I'm telling you, your dog is, is like, where's the gospel, right? Come on. Okay, a great story. This is totally an aside, and I have to tell you this story really fast. There was this. There was this time when May and several girls, we all went on a trip, and we went to Arizona. Where was it in Arizona? Oh, it was New Mexico. Where were we? No, it was Phoenix. It was right outside of Phoenix. Anyway, we went to a conference, and so we went up into the, the um, went up on a mountain, and it's real rocky and dry there. So we all found places to spend with the Lord on, on each part of this mountain. You've heard this before. Um, and so while we're there, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm meditating, I've got my, the word of God open, you know, it's just like, oh, so tranquil. And all of a sudden, this bee lands on my Bible. And I'm like, oh, go away, you know, so I'm back to meditating. All of a sudden, like, these bees <laughs> descend on me, and I'm like, and so I'm jumping around, and I'm like, the bees, you know, and I'm spinning and trying to get these 
these bees off of me. And I look over, and May and one of the other girls that was with us is doing the exact same thing. It's like the mountain of bees, you know? So, uh, so I'm like, get away. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. In the name of, I rebuke you. I rebuke you. And it's not working. These bees are not going away. And so I hear the Holy Spirit say, they want to hear the gospel. They came to hear about me. So I start preaching the gospel, and the bees left. Is that the weirdest thing you've ever heard? It's the weirdest thing I've ever experienced in May and May and then May. And so I'm like, preach the gospel to the bees. And they're over there like, we sure have a lot of fun, don't we, May? Okay. Uh, so this is what so this is what he says, verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these are the signs that will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, one. Number two, they will speak in new tongues. Three, they will take up serpents and they will drink anything deadly and it will by no means hurt them. For they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That's, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Okay, those that believe, this is the evidence of the believer. This is how the world knows that we believe, that we are believers, right? See, the life of a forerunner is a life of faith. We live a life of urgency with a goal that most believe don't even exist. We live a life of urgency with a goal that most people believe doesn't even exist. Because we have tapped into a realm that for most people who are unbelievers doesn't exist. But it's when we live in that place that there's the evidence of our belief. It's when we tap into something that's supernatural and it's otherworldly. It is the world of heaven. It is the place of heaven. When we live and go to this place and we understand how to travel in this, how to live in this, then they will know that we're believers. You know, the Lord reminded me the other day of um, my, the business that I started for Omnicom. He reminded me of the name of it, and he said, you know, even then, I was, I was, there was evidence of your prophetic gift, because we named this company TikTok. Well, that's an acronym, and it's the Imagination Company, Tomorrow's Original Creations. Tomorrow's Original Creations. And our tagline was that... We created the future of fun now. You see, this is what Albert Einstein said. He said, imagination is more important than knowledge. So what Albert Einstein tapped into was a heavenly reality of something that was in the future, and he saw it, and he brought it forth into the now. Because when I prophesy... When I heal the sick, what I'm doing is I'm seeing something in heaven and, I, and, I, and I'm laying hold of it because I'm a son and I, can, I have access to everything in that realm because my father loves me 
And I, he knows I've come to get something for one of his children. And so when I go there, what I'm doing is, he, he said, I'm the God who was, who is, and who is to come. So I tap into the was, the is, and the is to come, and I bring that into the now for that person. I can say to them, this is where you were prophetically. This is where you are, and now this is what God is saying you're going to. And, it, and, and so as we do this, the evidence that I am a believer and that the sons, what happened is, is those people, I will guarantee you when we left there, they all know each other. They all know about each other, but we didn't know them. But Jesus knows them. So when we left, you know that they began to talk to one another and say, just as, as the woman at the well, how is it that they knew that I had seven husbands, five husbands, however many she had? But they were like something, there was something about the sons of God just came into our realm and they brought heaven into this place. That is the reality of prophecy. We prophesy according to our faith. We heal according to our faith. We know this because of Matthew 17 when the disciples couldn't cast out the epileptic, foaming, mouth-fire-tossing demon, right? I mean, that demon was on, he was on, uh, he was having a good day. He was like, whoa, I'm going to toss you into the fire, you're foaming at the mouth, and you're seizing. But what happened is the disciples, they got taken out of the realm of the spirit and they were looking in the realm of the natural because what they were seeing with their eyes was just so violent that it actually took them out of the place where it wasn't like, oh, you have a headache? Okay, let me heal you. Or, oh, you have, um, you know, you, you can't see, let me heal you. So they were used to things like that, but all of a sudden they have the thrashing, um, fire-tossing demon that's throwing this child into the fire, and all of a sudden they leave one realm and they go into the other. And they ask Jesus, why couldn't your disciples heal? Or the disciples said, why couldn't we heal this this uh, epileptic boy and he said you could not heal them well first of all he called them faithless and perverse um, <clears throat> perverse meaning that their thinking was wrong faithless of course meaning you guys have no faith but they're like but but wait a minute we were we had faith because we were healing and we were seeing all of this and then the disciples again said why can't we cast it out and he said this kind does not come out except for prayer and fasting and that word kind means the nature of these people. So he was saying that your nature is not my nature. So he wasn't saying this kind of demon, oh, well, there's a special kind of super duper demon that you've got to pray and fast. But he said, when you live this Sermon on the Mount lifestyle, because they went on, to, to do the miracles without the fasting and the prayer because they didn't, they, or without the fasting because they didn't fast until Jesus, until the Holy Spirit came or until Jesus uh, died on the cross, right? Because he was with them. So what was he saying? He was saying, here's the Sermon on the Mount that I've already talked to you about. And we fast and we pray and we give extravagantly. Why? Not to get more of God, but to get less of me. 
It helps the flesh come down and the spirit rise up so that when I walk into the makeup counter, when I go to wherever it is God's sending me, I have a lifestyle of fasting and prayer so I don't have to go run and fast and pray. Okay, wait, i got to go do this so I can cast out that demon. No, it's just a part of who I, who, what we do. And why do I do it? So I, so, so I can get more of God? I've got everything, everything, everything that Jesus needed to do was done at the cross. I don't need any more of God. I just need less of Tracy. Because I'll tell you what, if the world is waiting for Tracy to save them, we're in a heap of trouble. But they're looking for Jesus to show up. Amen. Everything was done on the cross. Everything. See, there is a revelation of Jesus that the people are waiting for. And it's the revelation of Jesus that actually is the thing that's going to take everything that's in you. And it's going to combine. The revelation of Jesus will combine with your very DNA. And that is the thing that causes the shaking within you and the illumination to come forth. Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are, um, Peter is the only one that had the answer. Some people say this, some people say this, but Jesus, um, but Peter knew the answer that, of the question that Jesus asked. And he said, you are Christ, the Christ, son of the living God. And he said, that's right. My father in heaven did what? Revealed this to you. You say, this word of God, if I read this word of God through the eyes of my mind, then what I get is doctrine. Doctrine doesn't heal people. Doctrine doesn't prophesy. But if I read this word, if I eat this word, if I eat the scroll, it actually comes into my spirit and it, and it combines with my spirit and it becomes life so that when I go out to prophesy, it actually comes up out of me and it's alive, and it goes into that person, and then the things that I'm telling that person isn't because they can get a word from a psychic. But what happens when I give them a word? It has life, and it goes in, and it does what? It does exactly what the Father intended it to do, and it begins to seed into them, and they will never forget the words of life that they just got. Because they're life. They will not return void. It is a promise from God. And he told us very clearly in the scriptures. He said, you have to be the book. You have to be the book. You see, this book, Jesus wrote. He completed everything at the cross. And he said, I finished. It is done. I finished my book which I've now left for you. But in Revelation 20, the word says that what? That the book of life will be opened. And he's going to look and see if your name is in Christ and if Christ is in you. And he's going to say, I'm going to open the book. And then he's going to open the books. You are the book that he is going to open. He will see, oh, is your name here? Okay, your name's here. Okay, Crystal, um, I'm going to open the book, Ashley, 
here, this is your book. Your name is in his book. Now I'm going to open your book. All right, let's look at the promises because this right here is the book that's the foundation. Now, every promise in this book belongs to you. Now, your book is laid on top of this book, and I'm going to open it up, Ashley, and I'm going to see. Let me see everything that I had for you in your life. Everything that was available to you. Did you have the faith to lay hold of everything that was in your book? This is the foundation. This is the foundation. He came and he laid the foundation. And now your book is being seated in on top of that foundation. Even in Zerubbabel, even in, the, in Zechariah 4, he says, I am going to build this foundation with shouts of grace, grace. It's not a bunch of stories, but the foundation, he told Peter, on this rock, on this foundation, I'll build my church. You are being built on the foundation of the revelation of Jesus and the word. And then everything, it's a layered, it's everything now that you do and it is available for you personally in your life is going to be laid upon that foundation. And at the end of your life, you're going to be the only one that is responsible if you laid hold of what was available to you. And beloved, I can tell you that I refuse to let one thing be left behind. But I am going to lay hold of everything that is available out there for me. Because why? Because he said I'm a son. He said I'm a son. That means I get, I get access to everything in his house. And I have this in me. Jeremy was talking about this on Thursday. I have a desire to be great. You have a desire to be great. But what's it going to take for us to get out of the pews and get into the streets? Where are the forerunners who have seen the hope that has been set before them and they're saying, I will lay hold of the hope and I will grab hold of it and I will pull it into the now. And I will live that out. And I will stretch myself. I can't tell you how uncomfortable it is to go prophesy to a complete stranger. <laughs> you know? It's so weird. Because we, we don't even talk to our neighbors anymore. You know? More or less somebody in the mall. So, so these kinds of things, we have to allow ourselves to be uncomfortable. Do you remember, guys? Do you remember when you first started praying, remember how, how uncomfortable that was for you? How unnatural that felt to sit in a room with your eyes shut, praying to an invisible God? Can I get an amen here? I know every one of you have gone through the same thing. I'm just like, don't leave me hanging. So same thing. This, I'm going to keep doing this until, just like prayer, it's become second nature to me. Man, I can walk into the Spirit of God anywhere that I am, everywhere that I am. And it's just, thank you, Father, that I am a son. Thank you, Father, that you have come to, to clothe me in your glory. Thank you, Father. And I just, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's there. I just start, 
You just start going there. You start, you, you know, there's that thing. There's that relationship. I hear his voice. I know his presence. And, and, and so it's easy for me now. Well, I'm going to keep going out, and I'm going to purpose myself, and it feels kind of awkward because it's like, well, I'm going to make a reservation to go out on Wednesdays and run errands and, and do supernatural things. Well, until that begins to feel natural to me, I'm going to keep doing it. Because I am going to purpose myself to lay hold of everything on this side. Because I'll guarantee you, you get about 20 suns showing up with the glory of God radiating in them. And then you're going to see a city change. They're going to, you know, I mean, it's, it's very interesting because I've heard um, people talk about this house. And they were known as the prophets. They're like, I mean, pastors are saying those are the people that are, see well, that's a pretty good compliment to me. I want to be known as the people that see and the people that understand. Amen? See, everything was paid for at the cross when he laid the foundation. And what he did is he put out that, that your book is in your account. It's in your account in heaven. <clears throat> so you know how to access it? Faith. You access your account by faith. There's no other way to get it. Jesus said, when I return, will there be faith on the earth, right? I believe more in his ability to help me have faith than I do in my ability to try to drum up some faith. So when I walk out, I have absolutely nothing for those people. I have absolutely nothing for them. I don't have some, some picture of this guy right in New York. I don't have anything until I open my mouth. But God has either got to show up or I'm going to tell a lie. He's either who he says he is or I'm a liar. And so I have to totally rely on him because I'm like, listen, I'm doing what's in your book. So you're going to have to show up or this is going to be in a really embarrassing moment. And the guy's going to look at me and I'm like, what? See, even Paul said this. This is what he said. This was his prayer in, in Ephesians 1.17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus. Okay, he said, I'm going to pray this apostolic prayer. That he's going to give you the spirit of revelation of who Jesus is. And then he said... That the eyes of your understanding would be opened. That you would now understand who Jesus is. The revelation of Jesus. And then he goes on to say that you may know what is the hope of his calling. That you may know, even though you're on chapter 2 in your book, you're going to see chapter 5. And you're going to know what is the hope of your calling. And when you go to prophesy to somebody that doesn't even know them, they don't even know they have a book, they don't even know that there's a name that's written in heaven for them, you can go in and you can say, look at this outline. There's a book and it has your name on it. And Jesus knows your name. Just like the cry of that girl when she was saying, I hope that they say something to me. What she was saying is, I hope that she'll come over here so that I know Jesus knows my name. And she'll tell me about my book. Right? 
And then he goes on, Paul says, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? What are the riches of the glory of the sons of God? That once we begin to be enlightened, the glory of heaven begins to radiate from us. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe that we would have the faith to prophesy and the faith to heal according to the working of his mighty power. So Christ, the power that raised Christ from the dead, lives in us. What did Reinhard Bonnke say? All you gotta do is let the lion out of the cage. That's it. Beloved, be a Mary and give birth to a son of God. The revelation of Jesus and the whole city of Dallas is saying, where are the sons? Not where is the religion. Where are the sons? This is so easy. This is so easy, guys. It's not easy, but it's easy. It's hard, but yet it's easy. I mean, look at Peter and John when they were at the Gate Beautiful, right? What did they do? What were they doing? They were running errands, weren't they? They were like, well, it's the ninth hour of prayer. I guess we'll go over there and pass through the Gate Beautiful. And what did they say to the man that was lame at the, at the city gates? He was looking for alms. And they said, silver and gold I do not have. But stand up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. They weren't standing there looking at, well, let me, I'm too much of a sinner to do this. I, I need to get good. I need to get right. I need to get smart. I need to get, I need to go to seminary. Thank God that's not true. <laughs> but what did they say? Okay, I'm turning there. Because this is really important that you hear this. Because if you're going to let the enemy tell you and believe the lie that you don't have what it takes to do the stuff, then the enemy wins. Um, chapter 4, verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. Who went into Nordstrom's? A bunch of uneducated and untrained women. But who showed up? Jesus. And they said this, here, right here. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. It takes a Mary to birth a son. And here's what I want to do. Everybody in this room is uneducated and untrained. And we're all a bunch of Marys. 
So it's time to give birth to sons. So I want you to raise your hand if you want to go run errands with Jesus. And then I want you to find somebody. I want you to look around and I want you to find a friend. And I want you to say, all right, let's make a date. Let's set a date. Let's put it on the calendar. And we're going to start doing this once a week. And it doesn't have to be weird. Just let Jesus, who is clothed in your personality, come out. They just want love. They just want love. So raise your hand again. All right, I want you, right now, if you're going to go with somebody, I want you to take time, and I want you to find a friend, and I want you to make a date right now. I want you to say to them, this is when we're going to go. This is when we're going to go. Come on, get talky, talky, talky. Make the date. Get your calendars out. Get your phones out. We're getting down to business. We're not going to say yes and then not put it on the, day, on the calendar. You're coming with me. You need a handkerchief? Oh. <laughs> woo, woo! All right, everybody got a partner? Are y'all excited? All right, now here's what I want you to do. After you go out, I want you to email Anne Marie... And I want you to tell her what your testimony is because we're going to just we're going to march you up here and you're going to tell us all about it, okay? How's that sound? Good? All right. I'm going to pray for you. And uh, then we're going to um babies. We're going to do the babies. We're going to dedicate the babies. Thank you, honey. Um I love baby dedications. It's so much fun. Look at them running out there to get their babies. Gotta get the babies. Woo-hoo. Um, one of them, of course, is my granddaughter. So. All right. Um, if you have uh, any other needs, we're going to dedicate the babies. And then um, if you have any other needs, if you need healing in your body, if you need a word from the Lord, um, just raise your hand and the body will go around you. And meanwhile, we're going to be up here dedicating the babies. And Jeremy's going to be, no, you're not. We'll put on some music because you need to be here for your baby being dedicated. Um, so the leadership's going to, okay, so this is how this is going to go. I don't want to get confusing here. All right. If you need healing in your body, raise your hand. Okay. We have one here. We have three here. Okay. Look around. Go heal these people. Don't overpray. Just go lay hands on them, be healed in Jesus' name, and then test it. You guys know the drill. And if you need a word from the Lord, who needs a prophecy? Raise your hand. All right, I've got one here. I've got one here. I've got one in the back. I've got one here. Find these people. Go prophesy over them. You guys know what to do. All right, everybody get busy being a bee. And then we're going to pray for the babies. And maestro, could I have some music? All right. Bless you guys. Father, I pray for everyone here that we would be blessed and filled with your spirit to do the works of the ministry. In Jesus' name, amen.